3: Hello, hope you're okay. on Monday, March the 29th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast and thanks to Jamie for holding the fort for me last week. So today marks the second part of the first phase of easing lockdown. What are you able to do? Well, here's the Prime Minister to explain.
2: You can meet outdoors in groups of six people or two households coming together. That means friends and families can finally meet up again outside in parks as well as gardens. Outdoor sports facilities such as tennis and basketball courts, golf courses and open air swimming pools will also reopen and you'll be able to take part in formally organised outdoor sports. You'll no longer have to stay at home, but many restrictions will remain in place and a lot of businesses will still be closed. You should continue to work from home if you can and minimise travel, avoiding the busiest times and routes. You won't be able to go abroad on holiday yet because we don't want people to bring back new variants of the virus when they return. This is the next part of our roadmap to ease restrictions cautiously. As the vaccines are rolled out, it's vital that we don't overdo it and risk all the progress we've made. Please follow the new rules carefully so that we can gradually get back to normal together.
3: That was shared on Boris Johnson's Twitter feed earlier. Apologies for the background music. We've also been out and about chatting to some of you enjoying the sunshine. John's been in Sheerness meeting Jamie and golfers Ray and Paul.
4: Fantastic. Great to get back out Paul, wasn't it? Yeah. Was, um, the greens were in yeah, really good condition. Yeah, the weather was superb. couldn't have been better. Had um, you been
5: looking forward to it? Oh
4: No, no idea. It's been what, a long three
6: months. It's been a long yeah, I think. Paul was oh, getting over excited well, at one point. <you>?
5: So, so
7: what what time
5: were you on the green? We uh, were t- on the first tee, ten to nine this morning. Uh, so, the early start. Up, up our second... A good Monday. Oh, John, it, it couldn't be better, uh, John. You know, to come back. I've never seen the place of vision on a Monday either. So, it wasn't just us. People have been desperate to get out for months. Mm. Fantastic.
4: I think today is really good. I think this is the best news we've had all year. I think in look as you can see, there's lots of people out social distancing, meeting and greeting. I think this is really good. I think you should all behave yourself and definitely stick to your social distancing and just be really good because as you know, lockdown could only be around the corner if you don't all look after yourselves and look, around, look after everybody around you. So um, yeah, I mean, get out there and speak to the family, go and see them. And just do what you've got to do. Like-
3: Next today, let's hear from James Williams, who is the Director of Public Health in Medway. He's echoed the PM's message and is urging us all to still be cautious.
5: The disease is still out there. We still have um, people, unfortunately, being un- infected. Although we've come down significantly, we've really got to maintain that course. I mean, from Monday it means that people um, can gather together and together is the operative. So you've got six people come together outside or in private gardens or or two households you've still got to maintain your social distancing of course and i think that's a major change we're still you know in in the space whereby it's essential travel only uh, and and people should only go out and about if it's absolutely vital look we've got to just be realistic You, you know if there are people out there that are infected Uh, and 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 probably asymptomatically infected so that means that they show no symptoms Uh, it is likely that people will come into contact with more folk who've who've got the virus unknowingly uh, and and may well then uh, be infected that's just you know the natural way about these things you know if you look at any uh, respiratory illness or any kind of transmissible disease that's spread uh, in in the same way as this particular virus is it, it needs people for it to get from person to person to keep its lineage going so that, that's just the nature of that and that's why we've got to just reinforce the need for people to get tested we've got our asymptomatic test programs our symptom free test programs we've done over 120,000 tests uh, and that's a fantastic effort since we started uh, in December and that's helped to drive down those rates of infections and anyone uh, living working within Medway can access our test programs are over in Chatham. We've got a site in uh, Raynham at the Oast, deep end in Chatham, a new centre which will be Mid-Kent College is coming online uh, in uh, on the 6th of April.
3: To accommodate more people travelling, Southeastern are running longer trains on key routes in Kent. Although we're being told to keep journeys to a minimum, extra carriages are being provided during off-peak times on the London Charing Cross to Tunbridge and Ramsgate line and London Victoria to Medway. The outdoor rule of six also means that small weddings can take place again. And whilst many couples may be waiting until they can have a larger gathering, some are still desperate to... To get married. We've been catching up with Laurie Edwards from Gravesend-based Chic Weddings and Events.
8: We're chock-a-block with with excited couples who are just wanting to get back in to see us to really get their wedding planning back on track Um, it's been a long time coming for for so many of them lots of disappointment with with couples having to rearrange sometimes maybe three or four times um, over the course of the last year so i think there's just a lot of excitement now that that there is a a bit of a glimmer of hope um, on the horizon now
6: and do you think that um the rule of six that's coming up do you think that that has put people off off their wedding planning are they waiting for you know to be able to have more friends and family there
8: yeah i think the the majority of weddings are sort of waiting um to the 30 for when um it can be 30 guests to a wedding we have got a couple of weddings taking place with the six um obviously with the six it can only be um a ceremony um and a reception if you're in a bubble so it, it's a small friendship close family group really for the six so it's literally just to to be able to mark the occasion outside um, rather than inside um, so the majority of couples are sort of holding off until the step where there are 30 guests but um, you know ov- obviously there, there there is still excitement of of things getting back to some kind of normality
6: and how is that in terms of your business and the wedding industry as a whole you know with people holding back has that got financial implications for you
8: yeah huge financial implications um you know it's we've basically not worked for a year now um the industry as a whole has had little help um it's not been seen as an industry in its own right we keep getting um lumped together with hospitality yet the wedding businesses aren't not all of us are hospitality for me it's floristry and venue styling so i can't take advantage of any of the hospitality grants um or the cut in vat so it, it has been a real struggle for so many um wedding businesses many of which are very much the the small base businesses um, so it has been a tough year um, luckily for my business, I was able to um, put my team on furlough, which has been a complete um, sort of godsend for us. So that has helped, but we've still had our rent um, to pay um, and some sort of all the associated costs with that. So it has been tough. And I think we've, we've seen a lot of couples that have held off booking services. So even if they, they were planning to get uh, married towards the end of the year, they're holding off, they don't want to give you deposits or money just in case, and you can understand um, why, but just in case everything goes um, a bit pear-shaped still. So, you know, it, it, it has it has been a tough old year, but we've survived.
6: And do you think that um, potentially things might get quite manic if people are holding off, you know, waiting for the larger ceremonies? Do you think that there's going to be a flurry coming up hopefully soon enough?
8: Yeah, absolutely. You know, when we can open our, our doors to the to the public in the showroom um, from the 12th of April in the space of uh, four weeks, I've got 64 couples coming through the door. Um, so, you know, it he, is going to be crazy.
3: Well, latest figures show coronavirus infection rates are slowly rising again in most parts of Kent. Nine areas saw an increase in cases in the week to last Tuesday. Swale had the biggest rise of 53%, while numbers were down in Dover, Folkestone Hythe, Gravesham and Sevenoaks. Meantime, about half of all adults in Kent have now had a Covid jab. According to latest figures, 800,000 people have received at least their first dose of the vaccine. The rollout is likely to slow down over the next few weeks, though, because of a drop in supply. Health bosses say anyone due to have their second jab will still be able to get it.
1: Kent Online News.
3: Now, as lockdown starts to ease, there's a warning from a Kent charity that people with learning difficulties could find it difficult to socialise. The Music Man Project usually runs performance sessions for people with disabilities across the county but had to move to virtual classes during the pandemic. Their regional director is Sarah Mann and she's been telling the Kent Online podcast how it will take some time for people to readjust when they begin meeting
0: in person again. A lot of performers are lucky. They live with their families some live in care homes but some are in more independent and they live alone and i think those are the ones that it's really affected the most because they might get somebody a support worker that they see perhaps once or twice a week um some are lucky that they see someone on the doorstep um you know once a day or something but you know for the most part they're shut in their own four walls and cut off from everything that's been familiar to them we've got another of our performers that used to enjoy riding the buses and she'd spend a lot of her day or her week even just going round and round on the buses with her free bus pass that was her life and she wasn't able to do that and um yeah so there are differences some some have been supported and, and some not so much
6: and I suppose for some of them, that change is incredibly difficult to to understand and to comprehend. And going forward, then, in, in that case, as we hopefully get back to some sort of normality, do you think, again, that those changes are going to be difficult for the people that you're helping?
0: Yes, definitely, because, you know, a lot of them have struggled to understand what pandemic, social isolation social distancing all those kind of terms that we use very freely now they've struggled to understand what they actually mean Um, and it's left a lot of them quite confused and anxious i think for some it's been a cause of great confusion and anxiety for them and um, you know you almost become institutionalised, don't you, when you've not been able to go out and see people and you're told to keep a dense distance and you mustn't touch and all those kind of things. So I think it will be quite difficult. It'll be a slow process, regaining confidence to actually meet people face to face. Once again,
3: finally today on Covid, it's feared there could be more chaos on Kent's roads as lorry drivers arriving in England will soon need to take a coronavirus test. From next Tuesday, hauliers from outside the UK who are visiting for more than two days will have to be checked within 48 hours of arriving. The Transport Secretary says it's to keep track of any future variants of concern. David Zacchio is from trucking company Alkaline based near Hythe. He's worried there'll be major disruption.
7: I can only imagine that once they're off the ferry and off the Eurotunnel, the first point for the Eurotunnel will be probably Junction 10, which is where the IBF is at the moment. And for the ferry operator, or oh, the ferry companies, we'll have to probably send them up to Manston. Now, I don't really know how that's gonna work because we're gonna have this similar problem that we had just, start, just before Christmas, which was huge delays. Um, where are all these drivers gonna be going? Um, so yeah, that, that's our first concern. I mean. We do our own in-house testing here, so that's good for our own employees, and that will save some time to go to the IBF in Ashford. But I can't imagine all these vehicles going all the way to, you know, to these these sites and and clogging up the roads. You know, Dover doesn't really have the infrastructure. There's not enough space there. Uh, it's either going to have to be carried out in Calais, which they're not going to do. Uh, we saw the, as I say, we saw the pain back in December of what happened there, um, and I just think it's just it's just going to put Kent again into a similar situation you know vehicles are going to be bottlenecks. there's uh, where are all these drivers gonna go and even for parking their vehicles if they're gonna stay in hotels what hotels and where are they gonna leave their vehicles are their companies gonna allow their vehicles to be left unattended in these parking areas so there's a you know and some of these vehicles may have loads on um, you know they might have products on there so what does that mean that the goods are then gonna to have to be returned back to the sender I don't think it's been thought out thoroughly enough, and we probably go back to the same word again, Brexit, you know, with customs formalities, again, it's, you know, in hindsight, lots of things could happen, but we just don't have the infrastructure to make it happen, and all it takes is for a system to go down, you know, technology is great when it works, but when it goes down, it causes endless problems, so sometimes, you know, you might have the customs um, uh, system that goes down, and it creates hours and hours of delays. So if now you've got thousands of vehicles coming through the country every single day that potentially, you know, one, two, maybe three percent of them have a problem, where is that one, two, three percent? That could equate to two, three hundred vehicles a day.
1: Where are they all gonna go? The Kent Online Podcast with Serenity Parks.
3: Some other top stories for you today and there's anger after a group of up to 15 teenagers left bottles, cans and other litter in a village for war veterans in Aylesford. The sign for the Garden of Remembrance at the Royal British Legion village was also knocked over on Saturday night and the group are said to have played loud music. You can see pictures at Kent Online. You'll probably start to see more electric scooters in Canterbury as a trial zone is being expanded. Bird launched in the city in November to help students travel between universities. From today, all eligible residents can now download the app and use the scooters. They're also offering free rides to NHS staff. Politicians in Medway are urging the government to keep allowing council meetings to be held virtually. It started happening, of course, because of the pandemic, but now ministers are planning to put a stop to it. Local councillors, though, say virtual meetings help more people get involved with decision making. A warning's been issued over the future of Kent's wildlife. Research has shown around 26% of mammals in the UK are at risk of becoming extinct in the next decade, including hedgehogs, bats and water voles. The Kent Wildlife Trust have asked us to make sure we continue to protect nature, and you can read our special report at Kent Online. While you're there, we've also got pictures of a £10 million housing development in Whitstable. The New homes on C Street will provide buyers with stunning views out to sea, but there have been concerns the council missed out on a chance to cash in on the land after selling the plot for just £165,000. And Becky Hill's been chatting to our sister radio station, KMFM, about her new single. It's called Last Time. She was on Breakfast with Gary and Laura this morning and says getting to work with some of her favourite writers and producers brought the track to life.
1: I'm really excited to get this song out. Um... I, I wrote it. There's this, uh, yet another song about my boyfriend. Um, <laughs> and, and I wrote it all about getting back together with him for, funnily enough, the last time. Um, it was created on a writing camp. And for those people that don't know, I've been on a couple of writing camps. False Alarm was written on a writing camp wow. in Denmark, actually. Um, and it's a group of... Uh, writers and and producers that will get all split off into different rooms and they'll write a song a day. Um, And I finally got my own writing camp, all for me and my project, which is a really big career like flag plant for me. I've always wanted my own writing camp. And I had all of my favorite writers and producers that I've been working with for the last 10 years. And I'd gather them all in in the morning And I'd basically tell them my life story and give them stuff to write about. The 27-year-old has
3: had 10 top 40 singles since appearing on the first series of The Voice UK. If you missed it earlier, you can hear the full thing at kmfm.co.uk.
2: Kent Online Sports.
3: Football, and it was a point for Gillingham at the weekend as they drew one all at top of the table Hull City. Ollie Lee got the equaliser for the Gills, but boss Steve Evans was disappointed they didn't take more chances.
4: And then we seem to be playing ping pong on the line in about seven or eight minutes and three good chances to put us in front and then the first real meaningful attack, easy scores and it's something that we'll learn from. We have set the back should deal better with it. I think second half uh, sorry the second part of the first half became two teams committed but not really making chances either end of the pitch. Second half we said to the boys, there's so much more to come from us. We'll change shape two or three times, we'll change personnel, pressure sits with Hull, not with us. And um Obviously we got the goal, um, It's um, if it's not a goal, it's a penalty. I think they did all of us hold to the ground from just seconds before it. I second before it, but Jack Tucker makes amends and wins a great header, and a great finish. I think then Hull, you know, gambled a little bit. The Nessies come down, we had the shout coming that Peterborough's winning comfortably from their point of view at the top end of the league. So they were gambling a little bit and stretching us at times. But they were also very wary on the counter-attack because we could hop them. I thought Ollie made a difference today when he came on his general playing in midfield. He spread the ball a little bit when he got the opportunity. He scores a goal. He's had another great effort, but it's blocked with the boys midriff in the box. then Oliver had one of them as well. So we're, we're the first to accept the whole of chances today, but we've big chances.
3: chillingham are now 10th in League One and just two points off the playoffs. And a fundraising campaign's underway after Dover Athletic were fined £40,000 for missing matches. The club decided not to play some games because of financial issues caused by the pandemic. They'll start next season with a 12-point deduction, but a fans trying to raise enough money to cover the cost of the fine? But that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can subscribe To the IM News app, which will also give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to
0: subsaver.co.uk.
2: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks.